0: This is your host of the Fight Podcast, Serge Vicent, and you hear it, man, we're doing stuff a little different, man, shortening it up, because we just want to get you guys right into the mix, man, I want to get you guys right into the action, and this is episode 138 of the Fight Podcast, man, and we have a lot to talk about, it's been an amazing weekend of fights, we had Bellator, we had UFC 242, we had the return of Khabib, Um, the BFC MF title is legit on the line so we have a lot to get to man so today we're gonna go ahead and do um we're gonna go ahead and knock out obviously we're knocking out um we're gonna recap UFC 242 and um Khabib is Khabib legitimately the, the pound for pound great right now is he the best fighter in the game I'll discuss that I'll go ahead and get into Bellator 226 a little bit and then we deep dive into some fight news man look happy I uh, hope you guys are having a good week Um it's, it's pretty nice out here in the city you can tell fall is in the air um, there's a lot of, uh, it's a little, little cool at night, man. It's been getting to the fifties here, there in Chicago. Uh, but today, yo, it's like 90 degrees. This is nuts. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, all in all, we're a little bit all over the place, man. My brother's getting married this weekend. So, uh, I'll be heading in, you know, uh, in and out of town, um, I will try to get as many episodes up this week as if we can, um, I was supposed to tomorrow, jump back onto the Ben Jaworski show, which is the political podcast here from the Chicago sun times. Um, we got pushed back to next week. So next Wednesday, I'll actually be making my, uh, my return we're going to go ahead and talk about some politics there. So if you're interested, check out the Ben Jaworski show that's on, um, all the Apple Podcasts, Twitter, and, um, and uh, YouTube and all that good stuff. So, you know, I go out there and break down some politics for you guys. But today, fam, I'm just going to go ahead and break down what it is we actually do. And we're talking about UFC 242, man. Khabib Nur- Nurmagomedov goes out there and just... Yo, I don't know how to say this anything better than actually what it was. Khabib just walked through Dustin Poirier, and th- that's no easy task. It was a complete domination. Yes, there were a couple moments in the fight where there were levels of excitement for Dustin. Um, beginning of the second round, Dustin goes out there and uh, and throws some shots. Um, I'm not saying that he hurt Khabib in any capacity, because honestly, I don't believe he really did, but he caught him with some, some big shots. Khabib weathered the storm a little bit and then does what he does best, man. Gets a takedown. Khabib, this fight, um, dude, landed seven of eight takedowns. And this is against Dustin Poirier, whom, like I talked about last time, is up in the 70% in takedown defense. He is extremely difficult to take down. And if you do take him down, he ends up getting right back up. Yeah, it didn't work this time, bro. And and this is something that I'm hearing a lot of people talking about, and it's something that I talked about in the last episode. If you're going to fight Khabib, you can't have the exact same game plan every time. If you think you're going to go out there, and, and that's the game plan look, I'm going to stuff the takedown, I'm going to get back up to my feet, and I'm going to knock him out. That's what Dustin said he's going to do. That's what Connor said he was going to do. That's what Rafael Dos Anjos said he was going to do that's what Edson Barbosa said he was going to do that's what Michael Johnson said he was going to do the only person that I've gone back and looked at that had done that with a little bit of success was way back it had to be like six years ago now but that was Gleason Tebow T Tebow fought him to a close fight the moment Khabib was able, actually able to get some contact. He was able to kind of get him up off him and actually land a couple shots. Another huge, physically big, gifted, good grappler. Um, But he still lost the fight. People can say that whatever, you know, he possibly won, but he didn't. So these are all individuals who are amazing at Takedown D struggling with Khabib with this exact same game plan. So... What did be do so well? How did he get to this position? How did he just dominate somebody? Look, man, who legitimately, if he won this fight, we'd have to have him in consideration for the greatest lightweight fighter of all time. And that's Dustin Poirier. Look what he's just done. He's run through former champion Eddie Alvarez twice. He's run through Justin Gaethje, WSOF world champ. He's run through Anthony Pettis, former champion at in the UFC, 155 pounds. He ran through the 145-pound champion entertaining fight, but he still won pretty dominant in Max Holloway. This dude has continued evolving and proving that he's one of the best guys in the sport. And not only one of the best guys in the sport, yo, Dustin has almost 40 career fights. He walked into this match as the interim champ. He's the real deal. I know people go back and look at the counter fights and things like that. Yo, but that's neither here nor there. That's in the past. The Dustin Poirier that's in front of us is one of the greatest fighters that we have seen. And he's proven it time and time again. Falling on his face, gotten back up, and, and kept getting busy. And Khabib is nasty. He just completely dominated this dude. I mean, fam, did you guys watch this fight? And first of all, who watched this fight? Uh, so... I'm going to be the first to admit catching the pay-per-view early afternoon. I'm not the dude going to, uh, <laughs> to Buffalo wild wings to the bar at noon, yo, I'm not. So if you got it from however way you got the fight or whatever, look, man, I watched the fight on my phone. I was laying in bed with my lady, she was in town this weekend. I was super happy about that, and she allowed me to watch the fights. Uh, and I was able to watch it in my on the phone. Um, I'm not gonna lie, yo. I really kind of enjoy the. The midday fights, man. It's it's like you can get a minute out, man. Little mid afternoon, you can watch it as I'm drinking, you know, mimosa, my cup of coffee, some pancakes, and I'm just enjoying fights. It, it's a great way. It, it's truly replaced Saturday cartoons for me, yo. It, it's one of those things that's amazing, but uh, man, going into the fight, and again, it, it's it was incredibly hot the card was decent but fam Khabib is something else um when we think about it after the fight Khabib said and again Khabib ends up getting third round rear naked choke and he does it the way we thought pushes and pulls makes him un- extremely uncomfortable and just completely dominates he is one of those guys and for and he's one of those individuals that anyone saying. And this is something that I saw over and over again on social media. Oh, he does it again. Oh, wet blanket Khabib. Yo, get your head out your ass. You can't sit there and tell me, as a fight fan, to watch somebody. It's not like he just lays and prays. Kobe Covington lays and prays when he gets on top of you. Khabib beats you up, he's nasty, he pulls on your face, he elbows you, he punches you, he tries to hurt you, if you like upper echelon fights, upper echelon sports, this is what you're getting, this is GSP 2.0, GSP didn't, GSP beat the shit out of you when he was on the ground, it wasn't nearly what he what Khabib was doing, and I'm gonna be honest with you, That's a fight that GSP said he wants. Man, I don't think he wins. And you know how, I think George is one of the best ever. He gets completely dominated at this point in time by Khabib. I think he's been too much time off. Khabib is too far off and he's too on top of his game. I don't see anyone beating him at this point in time. Which brings me to who's next. Yo, there's no questions. This fight has been made four times. This fight is going to be made finally the fifth time. It has not happened for the the fifth time is a charm. Tony Ferguson needs to be the guy, the legitimate interim champion. Tony Ferguson is on a twelve fight winning streak. Has not lost in seven years. He deserves the title shot. It's not even a question. It's the guy. He's the man. He's the guy. He deserves it. And what did he think after watching Khabib's performance, and he said this on Ariel Helwani's MMA show. When asked about Khabib and his performance, he said, "Lazy, one-dimensional. When I see someone pushing against the cage and not really doing much, just kind of putting themselves there as a wet blanket. When I fought Danny Castillo, he did the same type of thing. It's interesting how Khabib fights, but to me, it's just boring. It's lazy." And this is what he said on Ariel Helwani's show. Look, I think he is selling the fight. I do not believe that that is what he truly believes. Because if that's the case, he's going to get run through just like everybody else. Go back and look at Tony Ferguson's fight with a larger, more physical grappler in Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee gassed out because one, he has staph infection and he gasses. That's what he does. But if he didn't gas out at a point in time, he had Mount Hewitt, for the first two rounds, he's completely dominating Tony Ferguson. I see a lot of very similarities in the game with Khabib. And if he is looking at it like Khabib is just going to go ahead and lay and pray on him, I think he has something else coming to him. But let's go ahead and look at Tony Ferguson's actual game. He's somebody who has an extremely active guard. My man's comes from a breakdancing background, so he's creative out there. Go on my man's Instagram page; he'll sit there with the, you know, some house music, you know, getting his on, and he starts breakdancing back and forth. He's extremely creative on the ground. He is an Eddie Bravo black belt. That's the tenth planet jujitsu black belt. So off of his back, he is extremely dangerous. He's also aggressive on the ground. A lot of times when people get on the ground with Khabib, they're not allowed to end up throwing shots. We will see what Tony Ferguson's able to do with elbows from the bottom. And also, again, we were able to see at one point in time, Khabib really ended up having a little bit of struggle in the um, he got caught in the guillotine. He got caught in a guillotine and it was the first time that we have actually seen Khabib have to kind of go to his back to get out of it. If you're into the jiu-jitsu, you understand that that's a little bit of a concession. But who cares? He got out of it. So obviously a lot of us are going to look at that and say, man, bro it's, it, it's a lot, we want to see what's actually going on, what's actually gonna happen, and, and I think that's why a lot of people really are interested in this fight, this is the fight that we deserve, this is the championship that we actually deserve, man, yo, really quick, I want to touch on, and you know what, i bring this up, and, ah, eh, fuck it, I'll talk about it now, so, look, after the fight, and this shows how incredible, we look at Khabib a lot of times as a bad guy because of him jumping into the crowd with um with Conor and all the nonsense going back and forth, but Dustin and, and and Khabib are two of the best guys in the sport. Afterwards, Dustin went ahead and and he and Khabib exchanged shirts. Khabib actually is um donating the proceeds of Dustin Poirier shirt and giving it to his uh foundation. Um, even Dana White spoke on it. And let me in, because Dana White's actually matching that deal. So I'm going to let you listen to a quick clip that Dana White said about it and what Dustin Poirier says in response. Uh, oh, wait up, wrong, wrong, uh, <laughs> wrong clip from a man's. Um, what I want to show is let's go ahead and pull up this one. Cause Dana has a lot to say, man. We're talking about him, and um, you know what? Here, so uh, Dustin Poirier talks about Khabib and what Khabib has done, and saying what they're gonna do. And then I don't know if you heard Dana when you're in the back there. He said he's gonna match whatever Khabib contributes. What does that mean to you? You know, it's he's it's a great because you know, uh, it's gonna help a lot of people. We're building a water well in Uganda, so you know that I'm sure with the memorabilia sold, we're going to reach the goal and uh, build a solar power water well with a tower for the pygmy people in uh orphanage and school in, U- in Uganda, so I'm proud of that, you know. But I wanted to leave tonight the world champ and uh, just let myself down, man. Uh, I, I appreciate- look man so he says he appreciates it and I, I, I don't want to have him up here crying um, because you know what he had nothing to hang his head on he he performed he just got beat by possibly the best guy ever um, Khabib you know is very open about that so I just wanted to let you guys see that and hear that because there's some amazing people in this sport and this is what I want to do I want to tell these stories tell them what they're thinking about they want to go out there and actually help people and that is what Khabib right now Dana White and Dustin Poirier are doing man so that's incredible um but yo uh in terms of Khabib his next fight obviously we got uh um what's it called we have my man's <laughs> oh we actually just had some news with that I'll talk about in a moment but um pound for pound who's the pound for pound great a lot of us still say it's John Jones if we check it out, man. I'm actually going to stand on a limb and say I, I think right now the best pound for pound fighter in the game is Khabib. Let's go back and look at the errors. Look at who's fighting. John Jones, over the last couple of years, has had much closer fights. He isn't women in dominant fashion, and he's fighting in a watered down weight class. On the other side, Khabib is fighting the best of the best in the best weight class in the sport, in the best organization in the sport. How has he not? The pound for pound best. It's not a question anymore. Khabib is the pound for pound greatest fighter in MMA at this point in time. Don't obviously I'll say John Jones is next. After that, I still say it's Demetrius Johnson, and then we can talk about everybody else. But Khabib is the best man. That's why John Jones is not there. And there's honestly at this point in time, there's no questions asked. All right. Um, really quick, let's go ahead. Um, the, the rest of the card was entertaining. Um, all of Khabib's boys ended up getting wins. Um, Paul Felder ended up beating Edson Barbosa in another epic matchup. Man, it was a rematch. Um, he, got, he avenged his first loss of his career. Another very highly contested fight. These guys are going back and forth. The striking numbers are nearly identical. Um, Again, split decision. Some of the judges' scorecards were a little crazy. um, Giving uh, Paul Felder 27, you know, all three rounds and things like that didn't make sense at all so Edson Barbosa is appealing the victory the the loss he shouldn't he lost fair and square I had um Paul Felder winning as well but it was an amazing fight um no man loses stock but yo Paul Felder man he he's someone to be reckoned with Edson Barbosa was ranked number seven I see Paul Felder jumping to that seven range now man it should be dope um all right uh, let's go ahead and break down if we look at this next one Bellator 226 uh, in Bellator 226 we had um, Ryan Bader versus Czech Congo so this fight ended up being a no contest because of an eye poke um, it's or should I say Czech Congo couldn't continue because he got an eye poke in the second round I'm gonna be honest with you Ah, I don't agree man it wasn't an eye poke. He got poked in the nose. I think Ryan Bader got shafted in this one. And uh, this is even what Ryan Bader had to say about it. I can really play it in slow motion, you know. And if there was eye poke there, you know, uh, I'm sorry. It was not intentional. But looking at that uh, video, you know, that I've seen, it was a poke in the nose, and then he went for his eye. And I'll, I'll show you right now. <laughs> My man's really went out there and pulled it up to the camera of the media. Oh, that's in the- okay, right here. Yeah. so he goes out there he shows it and honestly it, it's clear as day he didn't get poked in the eye so here's the question what did check congo feel about that and what did he say after the fight so his tweet says yes shit happens sometime in mma but come on i poke twice by the way and an uppercut landed on my forehead? Really? I couldn't see. My eye was red and swollen, so the fight had to be ended by the doctor. He knew he couldn't do anything to stop me. This is so easy to keep a belt like that. Stop the BS. Bader is no champion, just a fucking coward and cheater. What? Yo, I love Chuck Congo. Check Congo is getting his ass beat. Go back and look at the fight. He was getting murked before that. And now his boy, um, uh, Rampage Jackson, is also calling out Bader. Look, man, this is trash. Check Congo, you were losing. You were about to get dominated in that fight. And it was nothing to do with an eye poke. It was just about you getting your ass kicked by a better fighter. It is what it is, man. So, and but I'm be honest with you, another belt or card that, in my opinion, just doesn't produce it didn't do what it was supposed to do um but Beltor isn't the news man they're making some pretty big headways um and I will talk about that right now so uh let's just go ahead and jump all into some fighting news and this is the the news of the week for me I was so excited about it man first bit of uh, news Kamara Usman and Kobe Covington could not come up with a deal. The deal fell through. They were trying to get the two of them to fight at uh Madison Square Garden. It didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? Well, all sources say Kobe Covington wasn't having it. It was Kobe Covington did not want to fight. He was, you know, whatever. He 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 wasn't getting paid enough. He felt he deserved more, so the negotiations fell through. Afterwards, the UFC went out and reached out to Jorge Masvidal jorge masvidal accepted the fight with kamar usman kamar usman took about a day to respond in that time they went out there jorge masvidal asked hey what's nate diaz doing they asked nate diaz would you want to headline this card in madison square garden and guess what happened uh Nate Diaz said fuck yes they asked Jorge Jorge said fuck yes so they made that fight happen before the fight with um Usman and um and uh and Jorge Masvidal yo the bad Motherfucker championship is up is finally up for grabs The UFC 244, November second, Madison Square Garden. The two of those guys are heading off. I could not be more excited. This is what this reminds me of old school MMA. This reminds me of what the UFC used to be before it was like just this big corporate entity. It was you know fan friendly fights. That's what the sport grew on, and this is what they're doing. They're even making a belt, a legitimate belt, man. And this is what they. And I actually had to say about it. Uh, that that fight started to come together late last night, and uh, and we got it done. We got it. We got it done. And we offered, uh, you know, Colby and Usman fights, and they didn't jump on it. So we rolled and we made another fight. You know, this 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 fight is one of those fights that sort of took on a life of its own, and. Um, you know, Nate said uh, in his interview, "This should be this is a fight to see who's the baddest motherfucker in the game." And uh, he's he's like, "That's what this championship is." So, all right, I'm in. So, with that being said, could we expect the winner to fight someone else for the baddest no, motherfucker title? No, it's, it's a, a one and done. Whoever wins wins the belt and uh, and claims the title of, you know. All right. So, the baddest motherfucker titles on the line. They're legitimately making the belt for it. Um, It should be pretty dope. Um, If you haven't gotten a chance to, on Instagram, Boss Logic does a lot of uh, different type of artwork and things. He had his mock-up of the belt, and I think it's pretty dope. So, check that out if you have an opportunity Um, but yo this is great this is what the fans wanted this is what all of us wanted man and this seems pretty dope the only person that doesn't actually seem happy about this is Kobe Covington and Kobe actually goes on Ariel Hawane show this week and said a couple of big things you're really shitting on the UFC and Jorge Masvidal so he goes out there and says man don't give me a negotiation the UFC didn't give me a negotiation They said, take this or we'll just move on to something else. That's not negotiations. That's bad business. And that's how they want to do business. That's their problem. That's not my problem. He also goes on to talk about Jorge and says, the UFC used Masvidal as a pawn. And we're all knowing I'm playing chess, not checkers. They want to use Jorge as a little pawn to fight for their JMF, the journeyman motherfucking title against another scrub and jabber in a Diaz, who has a 50 50 record one in one of the last three years. He's a Stockton. So boy, they just they just use those guys as pawns against me and Usman. Yo, that's some crazy words to say, man. Um, Jorge pretty much goes on the Ariel Hawani show afterwards and says, yo, you know where I stay, you know where and when I train. If you got something to say to me, you can say it in my face. And you can tell even everyone at Colby's Gym, which is um, American Top Team, a gym that I have hailed a lot of, for often one of the greatest gyms in MMA, even Dustin Poirier was asked about this, and he had something not so nice to say about Kobe Covington. I, he was gonna donate. What? Fighting next. Miles Vidal and Anidis. It it's the BMF belt, so you're in BMF, so. Uh, George is a buddy of mine. Uh, I don't sell out like fucking Kobe Covington. And talk bad about people who I roll with. Nah, no, George is a buddy of mine. I won't fight him. He's a training partner. He's a good guy. Uh, if anything, I'll go out to Florida and help him for that fight. So you can tell this is people in his own camp. These are people in Kobe's own team that are really starting to. Jorge is somebody who at one point in time said, Hey, yo, this was my roommate. This is one of my best friends. Now he's like, yo, buddy can kick rocks sideways. And I'll go, you know, say, I don't care what you know he brings to the table. He is not my friend. He's no friend of mine. Um, and we can handle this like men. Now you got Dustin Poi, also another great guy in the sport, saying, Yo, dude is whack. So, only thing that's happening, everyone's saying that Kobe is a trash dude. And um, hey man, it, it shows so someone saying that he's playing chestnut checkers and you're the one end up getting priced out over and over and over and over again who's the one actually losing the game he's losing money he's losing credibility and honestly it seems like he's losing friends so yo, buddy can go ahead and kick rocks sideways all right uh moving right along um bellator did something right They went ahead and signed Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg now has the richest contract in women MMA history. Um, And, yo, I couldn't be more happy for her, man. This is what she needed. And this is even what she said about getting away from the UFC. happened with the UFC did you already know for sure you were going to go elsewhere you know after my last fight I asked for rematch and they said they're going to give me when I did my last fight I know it's the last fight I go step in the cage says it's the last one there was a point where I think Dana after one of the uh, Tuesday night contender series says if she wanted to do the fight tomorrow and they called me I would book it and I think somebody tweeted from your account hey I'm gonna call but the call never came what happened because he's a liar. You know, he knew, he knew. He said, I'm out business cyber. I, I, I get out first. He didn't let me go. I go first. Because he do not want to make the rematch, and I have to wait a long time to the fight. But I know now it's the past. Now it's a new chapter in my career. You know, he lost. He lost. You know, maybe you can see all the interviews that talk about me because he feels like we divorced. You know, I, I now I have another page in my career and I'm really happy to be part of the family Bellator Cyber Welcome here. After that last fight happened. So... Uh, Chris Cyborg says that, look, man, dana has been lying. It's whatever. I'm happy to be here. And check it out. I'm happy she is too. She will now be fighting Julia Bud for the Bellator's 145-pound champions t- championship. No date has been announced. But if she wins this, I mean, dude, she has, she she won a, ch- a championship in Strike Force, UFC Bellator not many people can say that so um salute to Chris Cyborg man I'm happy that that has happened um all right also real quick in the news Katzingano Katzingano is somebody whom um I was very critical of and she was released by the UFC because she said she had some project upcoming the project has all of a sudden been announced. Kat Zingano is touted at the project she was working on and uh, the reason why she split with the UFC. ESPN just announced that Kat Zingano will, uh, will host season two of Why We Fight, the documentary series from Ronda Rousey, and that is airing on ESPN Plus later on this month. So first and foremost, yo, all congratulations go to to uh, to, to uh, Kat Zingano. That's awesome. I'm happy for her. Was it worth getting cut from the UFC? I don't know, but it, I'm sure the financial obligations and everything being on you on the UFC, having that opportunity to work with, um, as much as I'm not a fan of her style or her in general, Rhonda Rousey, who was a legend in the sport is actually pushing her, who has a huge name and she is, you know, pushing this She's going to do very well for herself. Hopefully, she gets picked up if she's with ESPN, possibly by the PFL, and maybe ends up fighting someone like a Kayla Harris in the future, man. So, salute to uh, Kat Zingano, man. Um, this is dope. This was dope. Oh, really quick, man. Talk about the bad motherfucker belt. Uh, Jorge Masvidal tweeted, yo, at The Rock, uh, I'm telling Dana White that I want you to put the belt around my waist. 305 all day. Hashtag super necessary. The Rock responds and said doing all I can to make this fight if I can and you win I'll put the belt around your waist at MSG consider it done already shaping up to be one of the biggest moments in electrifying fights in UFC history can't wait hashtag game hashtag Nate Diaz 209 hashtag respect hashtag BMF hashtag UFC 244 yo if The Rock goes in there and puts the Belt on Jorge Masvidal, who and I'm at this point in time, I'll be honest with you, skill for skill. I have Jorge winning this fight. If Jorge wins this fight and actually gets that belt, yo, that's one of the dopest things that ever happened in the sport. As a diehard combat sports fan, fam, I am oh, I, I'm here, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it, man. All right. Um, like I said, there was a lot that we got into today. Um, this weekend, we have Justin Gaethje fighting against um, Cowboy Cerrone. This fight card is absolutely incredible. Uh, I will be breaking that down a little bit later on this week. But just before I get out of here, let me um, tell you guys this entire fight card. Because, yo, this fight card is legitimately better Than the fight card that we just had, which was a pay per view, and this isn't a pay per view. This is going to be on regular TV um, on ESPN Plus, so it is going to be something for all of us that we can go ahead and enjoy. So, Cowboy versus Justin Gaethje is this weekend again. Fire, fire, fire card. Here I'm pulling it up for you guys right now. We have. Um, Donald Cerrone versus uh, Justin Gaethje. The co-main event is Glover Teixeira versus Nikolai Kherov, the number nine, the light heavyweight versus number 13. We have the return of Todd Duffy, who's back. Michael Piera is back. He's the guy who was jumping off the cage, doing backflips. Um, one of the more exciting guys, newer guys in the UFC's 170-pound weight class. He's fighting. Gerard Hall's fighting. Um... Antonio Carlos Jr., which should be incredible. Mika Shur- uh, Misha Shurkinov against Jimmy Crute. All in all, man, this fight should be fire. You know what? I'm not even going to do a full breakdown, but I'm going to give you my picks. I got Justin Gaethje beating Cerrone. Obviously, we got the old school Glover. Um, as of right now, I'm rocking with Todd Duffy. I'm rocking with Michael Piera. Ugh. I want to say Uriah Hall, but um, Shoe Face Antonio Carlos Jr., Man, I'm going on a limb. I'm going to go with Uriah Hall, and I'm going to go with Jimmy Crute. All right, man. With that being said... Hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. This is episode 138 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. We'll be back very soon. We have our interviews coming back this week. We are working on some stuff for you guys. And uh, as you remember, next week I'll be uh, talking politics on the Ben Jaworski show. Um, this weekend, um, salute to my brother and his soon-to-be bride, um, andres rivera thompson and brianna jacobs congratulations to the two of you guys love you can't wait to celebrate with you this weekend all right with that being said this has been serge vicente i'm the host of the fire podcast love you guys peace